You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. naked because you don't have the power of Jesus Christ in your life? You want to be that person who just lives forever in this dark tunnel and sees all his friends, all his neighbors, all his relatives, all the people he works with die? We have something to give. We have something to offer. We have something that will smack the enemy clear upside the head. It's in the name of Jesus. The authority, the reputation, and the power is in the name. It's in the name. There are many lame people out there. Have you ever felt helpless in your life? Have you ever given up on what you can accomplish because of the past struggles you faced? Today, Pastor Dave wants you to know that no matter where you're at in life, Jesus wants to work a miracle in you. He has always been working for your good and wants you to flourish. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, as he continues his message, The Name of Jesus. The name of the Lord has all authority behind it. At the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus says this, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth in Matthew 28, 18. He's been given all authority. Why? Because he is the son of God. And God has given him a name, it says in Philippians, above every other name. A name above all names. That at the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. There's authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus deserves our worship. He deserves our praise. He deserves our obedience. The greatest thing we can do and the greatest concern we should have as a Christian is how do we glorify the name of Jesus Christ? In other words, how do I get people not to see Dave, but how do I get people to see Jesus Christ? Because I have nothing to offer you. Silver and gold, I have nothing. But what I have, I gladly give to you. I have Jesus. And I would love to give him to you. I have nothing to offer in and of myself. But he has everything to offer. Going back to the military analogy, the armies of the United States cannot even go to war without the authority of the president of the United States. And he has to get that from Congress. Likewise, as Christians, we cannot go out on our own authority. We cannot move on our own being without Jesus' authority. Jesus gave Peter that authority. He gave all the disciples that authority. He gave you and me that authority again in Matthew 28 when he tells us to go into the world and make disciples. Go into the world and preach the gospel. We have the authority. So a name carries authority, but a name also carries reputation. Reputation is the views that one generally holds about something or someone or something that someone is known for. What are you known for? What are you known for? What is your reputation? You know, don't hang on the corner, sweetheart. Y'all ruin your reputation. What's your reputation? Remember the old thing they used to say? If you were on trial and you went to court, you have enough things to convict you, have enough evidence to convict you of being a Christian? You're actually standing before a court of law. Could you convince them that you are a Christian? Is there enough evidence? What's your reputation? Everybody in that area at that time knew of Jesus of Nazareth. They all knew the story and had formed opinions about him. 
Everyone had an opinion about Jesus Christ. Many of them were fed when he fed the 5,000. Many of them have seen miracles done time and time again. Many of them were shouting, Hosanna, 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 and laying palms and their clothing in front of him when he came into the city. And you know what? A week later, the same few, the same men were yelling, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. The exact same ones. They all had opinions about Jesus. Jesus makes quite clear how our opinion should be and how important our opinion should be of him. He says, simply, you're either with me or against me. They're either for me or not for me. There's no decision there. Make it. I'm sure that those who are healed by Jesus, those that are healed by Jesus had a great opinion of him. But the religious leaders, they didn't think too highly of him. They didn't think too highly. It's interesting that one of the qualifications of being the apostles used to find men who wait on tables while they study the word of God, well, they need to be men of good reputation. So reputation was important. You can find that in Acts 6.3. We read and we studied in Acts 2, I think it's Acts 2.47, that the new church found favor with all men. They had a good reputation. So reputation was important. Peter had your reputation of being with Jesus in Acts 4.13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. So you require a reputation by the people you hang out with. In this case, Peter hung out with Jesus, and his reputation was such. Peter carried the reputation of Jesus with him. He carried that reputation. He was known as someone who was with Jesus. Can they say that about you? What reputation do you carry when you leave this church? Do you carry the reputation of a Christian? Christian means little Christ. When people see you, do they see that Christian in you? Or do they see something different? A name carries authority and a name carries reputation, but a name also carries power. Power is the ability to perform or act effectively. Power is the strength or force behind something. The strength behind Jesus was the Holy Spirit. Jesus passed that power on to his disciples when he ascended into heaven. He told them to wait for the power that would come on high. Wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. When he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will make you witnesses of me because he, the Holy Spirit, will testify of me. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives us the power, the dunamis power, to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. He is the one in the world today. He is the active Godhead in the world today, the Holy Spirit. Peter had the power of the Holy Spirit. We know this from Acts 2, verses 1 to 4. And the Holy Spirit fell upon the believers in the upper room. The Holy Spirit gave Peter the power to be a witness for Jesus. The Holy Spirit gave Peter the power to touch this lame man and cause him to walk. Peter gives the lame man the only thing he had of worth. The scripture says, what I give to you. It was in the name of Jesus, his authority, his reputation, his power that healed this man. And it was Peter's hands that the Lord chose to use. It was Peter's hands that the Lord chose. Peter had been given the authority and the reputation that he'd been with Jesus and certainly the power. Because Peter reached down and he lifted this man to his feet. And when he lifted him up, his ankle bones, his heel bones, all his feet were immediately strengthened and instantly he could walk. We have also been given the power by Jesus to make disciples. As you follow Jesus, you have a reputation of being a Christian. Maybe even you're known as a Jesus freak. And we've spoken many, many times how we can have the power of the Holy Spirit by simply asking, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. The Lord is not slack on his promises. The healing of the lame man caused great wonder and amazement 
you look at the last part of verse 10, it said they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. What does Peter do with this amazement? What does Peter do with this wonder? But I can tell you what he didn't do. He didn't immediately open the St. Peter's School of Evangelism and Spiritual Gifting. He didn't do that. You want this power? You got to come to my school. You come to my school for four or five years and you'll have this power. Peter didn't do that. No. Instead of reveling in the excitement and allowing himself to be exalted, Peter quickly points out to these men the source of what had happened here, the power source behind his actions. Peter took no credit, and I absolutely love Peter for this, because you know what? This isn't the Peter I remember. The Peter I remember is always talking to John, hey, I'm the greatest, pal, and you can't be that. Peter's the one that said, thou art the Christ, son of the living God. And then after he said it, he was like, walking around like, yeah, I said that. I'm cool. Yeah, I did it. I said that. I said that. And immediately Jesus says, I have to go and be crucified. Oh, no, 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 Lord. I'll be what did Jesus said. Get behind me, Satan. Whoa. Now, this wasn't that Peter anymore. This wasn't that Peter. Peter knew where to give credit. Peter knew where the source came from. Peter knew where his power was from. Instead, he didn't revel in that excitement. He didn't lift himself up. He didn't elevate himself up. If there's a good message at any time during the time that I'm here at this church, it cannot come from me, and I can't be elevated for it. It's got to come from the Holy Spirit, or it's not the message that you need. Again, I will repeat, you don't need my guidance. You need the guidance of God through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ. You need His guidance and His guidance alone. He's the one that will exalt you. Humble yourself in front of the Lord, and He will lift you up. He will exalt you. In verse 11 it says, so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? Like we had the power, and I love this, or we had the godliness. Peter knew, (laughs) Peter knew he was a scumbag. Peter knew that he was scum. He had that, he knew that he was the lowest of low. Don't get a too high of opinion of yourself. Take heed, lest you fall. Take heed, lest you fall. I don't want anybody to raise me up because I want God to raise me up. I want God to look at me and say, well done, good, faithful servant. To God's glory for everything that we do here. Peter was so in touch with the Holy Spirit, so in tune with the Spirit's leading. Peter knows that it was nothing he did to heal this man. He gives credit correctly to God, but not just any God. He gives credit to a God that these Jews would recognize as the God of all miracles because throughout the ages, the prophets have performed miracles. And all the miracles that Jesus did were associated with God, not just a God, but God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the one true living God, Jehovah, Jehovah. And in verse 12, it says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate, when he had determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just, and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. Just like the day of Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit had come upon the believers in the upper room, Peter seizes another opportunity to preach the gospel. Again, he's preaching the gospel to men who were amazed and in wonder about what had happened. Remember the first time they asked, what does this mean? Now they're, they're amazed and in wonder that this lame man, after 40 some odd years of being lame, is walking, he's leaping, he's running, he's praising God in the temple. I love the fact that these new believers never miss a divine appointment. They never miss an opportunity to share the gospel. I wish I could say that about me. 
I wish I could say that every time the Lord has presented a situation to me, that I was right there, Johnny on the spot with the gospel message. Well, folks, I hate to shatter your thoughts of me, but that doesn't happen all the time. I wish that it would. Sometimes it happens more than other. When does it happen the most? When I'm in tune with God. When I'm in tune with the Holy Spirit. When I'm allowed the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do in me, then it happens. But when I'm Dave and I'm doing my thing, it doesn't happen so much. Gee, there's got to be a connection there someplace. Hmm. Evangelism wasn't a chore to these people. Evangelism was a way of life because they lived their life as Jesus lived it. They lived their life full of Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. And when you have that, you have something to give away. When you don't have that, you have nothing. What can you give with an empty heart but emptiness? Notice again that Peter is speaking to Jews assembled into the temple. His message has not changed since Pentecost. He's still accusing them of being responsible for the death of Jesus. He said, you asked for a murderer. And we know the murderer is Barabbas. Barabbas found in Matthew 27, 16 through 26. Pilate found a way out. He said that on this day, we always let one of them go. You're going to have the murderer Barabbas, or you're going to have Jesus, king of the Jews. Give us Barabbas, give us Barabbas. They wanted a murderer amongst them. So like the world, so like us, so like our flesh, always wanting, choosing something that's not of God. When given the choice, the fleshly man likes darkness over light. We just do that. It's our flesh, it's our nature. We can't help ourselves. But Jesus came to change all that. And in those times when I'm resting in His Holy Spirit, when those times I'm in touch with God, I'm close to God, I'm praying, and I'm seeking His will, on those times my spirit is soaring and it has power over my flesh. Paul says there's a war going on between my flesh and His Spirit. He calls it they're at enmity with one another. Peter says, you killed the Prince of Life, but God is one of those but gods. I love those. I love those. You killed the Prince of Life, but God. Oh, I love that. But God raised him from the dead. And we, Peter says, we're witnesses of that. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he gives you the power to be witnesses of Christ. It is his power through us that becomes our hands. The Holy Spirit power becomes our hands. I know that Peter is saying that the Jews were responsible for the death of Jesus. I know that. But you know what? In my heart, as I said this morning, it was my sin that sent Jesus to the cross. It was my sin that sent him to the cross. It was the sin of the world. Remember the reason that Jesus was named Jesus, to save people from his sin. He not only saved his people, the Jews, but he came to save us as well. He came to give us salvation. Salvation. Peter gives reason for their wonder and amazement. Peter tells them that this man who was healed and how this man was healed, he tells them and he gives them hope for their future. That's what the gospel does. The gospel gives us hope. The gospel gives us hope for our future. Without the gospel, we're dead in our sins. We're dead in our trespasses. We are dead. We're zombies. Walking around in the world, we are zombies. Which is quite popular today. Have you looked at any of the movies coming out today? It's all about zombies and werewolves and all kinds of crazy stuff. It's very popular today. The walking dead is very popular. That's what Jesus says. But he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he be dead, yet will he live. That's what it says in the old King James. The old King James, that's the way it says. Though he be dead. Walking dead. But Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Peter says, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Peter draws a line in the sand. He says it's by faith. The Latin word used here, sola fide, faith alone. Sola fide, 
Not by works of righteousness, not by works of any kind, but faith and faith alone. I am saved by sola fide, faith alone. It is through faith in his name that made this man strong. We come to Christ by faith. We have healing by faith. We are made whole by faith and faith only in the name of Jesus Christ. It is that saving faith. It is that saving faith. Peter uses a language that's special to his audience and his audience understands it. This is not an ignorant group of pagans. They don't have any people with no religious backgrounds. They knew and understood the Scriptures, just like the men assembled on Pentecost. This group of religious people felt conviction from the Holy Spirit. He convicted them before being directly or indirectly responsible for Jesus' death. There must be conviction before a sinner can experience conversion. There has to be conviction. Conversion follows conviction. And the Holy Spirit puts upon your heart your sin, and He puts upon your heart your need for a loving Savior, and He quickens your heart to know the truth. You want to confess your sin. You want to get that burden off your back. You want to give it all to Jesus Christ. You want to lay it at the foot of the cross because you want to be free of that. And when you're convicted of that, you know it's true. And the conversion process is when you rid yourself of that. I confess my sin to you, Lord Jesus. I am a sinner. Please take it away. You know, unless a patient is convinced that he's sick, he's never going to accept the diagnosis or take treatment. That's the problem with the world. Most of the world doesn't believe they're sinners. I'm just going to do my own thing, and that's okay. Whatever works, it's okay. Whatever works, it's good. When you start talking about sin, people go, sin, me, a sinner? No, I'm a good person. I'm a good guy, good girl. Peter turned the courtroom into a temple, and he laid out all the evidence in front of them for everybody to see. How could these two ordinary fishermen perform such a miracle? Because the beggar was standing right there in perfect soundness, the Scripture says. No one could deny the miracle that happened. No one could deny the beggar was standing there. By the way, what was the beggar doing? He was clinging to Peter and John. He didn't want to leave their sight. Something that we need to do when we're healed, when we're made whole, we need to cling to Jesus Christ. We need to cling to Him and not let go. We need to hold fast our profession. For them, these religious leaders, to accept this miracle, they had to admit that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. Admit that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. God. That Jesus Christ then is their Messiah. The Christ. The Holy One of Israel. They had to admit that. There's authority. There's reputation. And there's power in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. John 3, 36. Jesus wasn't talking about quality of, quantity of life here. He was talking about quality of life. Quantity of life without quality is hell. My quality of life is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. My quality is wrapped up only in Him. Jesus has given a, a life rich, rich with inestimable quality that will go on forever. This quality never fades. It never tarnishes. It's a glorious truth. And when we accept this truth by faith, by faith in Jesus Christ, we're born again into a living hope by faith. The lame man wanted money. He wanted alms. But Peter and John were given the faith to believe that God wanted something greater in this man's life. Peter and John were God's hands that day. Peter and John were the hands of God that reached down to this man. You pass by people day in, day out. You look at them. You see them. You talk to them. They're all in need of something. Could it be that you have exactly what they need, that you have Jesus and can share that with them.
The Lord wants us to share this truth with the hurting world. He has chosen you and me to carry forth this message of hope. He has given us authority. We stand on His reputation, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can accomplish the task that He has given us. He has chosen us to be His hand. Let me leave you with another story. In a tiny compartment of a passenger train, there was a young lieutenant in uniform. Next to him sat his commanding officer, a crusty old general. Across from him sat a young, beautiful lady. Next to her was her grandmother. As the hours passed, an attraction developed between the young lieutenant and the young lady. They were laughing and talking and enjoying the trip, when suddenly the train went through a long, long, dark tunnel. Midway through the darkness, the sound of a kiss was followed by the smack of a slap. As the train emerged from the tunnel, the four travelers looked around at each other with various expressions. The young lady was delightful, and she was delighted that the lieutenant would kiss her at that moment. But she was puzzled as to why her grandmother would slap him. The grandmother was angry at the lieutenant, had the audacity to kiss her granddaughter, but grateful to the general who slapped the young man in line. The general was proud of the lieutenant for kissing the young lady, but confused and smarting from the slap of the young girl. He couldn't understand why the young girl slapped him. The lieutenant could hardly contain his laughter because he only knew what happened. Alone there in that dark tunnel, under the cover of darkness, he seized the moment to give the girl a kiss and smack the general. <laughs> now, why did I tell you that story? Why did I tell you that story? We are living in a long, dark tunnel. It's called Earth, and it's called the world. And it's nothing but pitch black darkness. We need to get the power so that we can slap the snot out of the enemy. Because we face an enemy every single day of our lives, and we need to be able to smack the snot out of the enemy. We cannot do that on our own power. When we get into the book of Acts, we're going to study about a man who tried to throw out a demon in his own power. And paraphrasing, he said, in the name of this Jesus and this Paul, I cast you out. The demon looked at him and said, hmm, I know Jesus, I know who Paul, who the heck are you? Jumped on him, tore the man up, and the scripture says the man ran away naked. That's what scripture says. You want to be that man running away naked because you don't have the power of Jesus Christ in your life? You want to be that person who just lives forever in this dark tunnel and sees all his friends, all his neighbors, all his relatives, all the people he works with die? We have something to give. We have something to offer. We have something that will smack the enemy clear upside the head. It's in the name of Jesus. The authority, the reputation, and the power is in the name. It's in the name. There are many lame people out there. We pass by them every single day. People you work with, people you live with, people you go to school with. Unless we take the authority given us by Jesus, unless we take His reputation on us, and unless we are filled with God's Holy Spirit, we will never have imparting words, nor will we ever have a healing touch for the world. I'll close with this. In Colossians 3.17, Paul tells the church in Colossians, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. You are You've been listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave. 
Pastor Dave has been making his way through the book of Acts, an exciting adventure into the beginnings of the Christian church. These first few days, weeks, months, and years of the Christian ministry were filled with much faith and courage. In fact, the very first martyrs were mentioned in this book. It was an interesting time in history for sure, and just like today, some people were eager to hear about Jesus, and others were looking to put those down who follow after him. What are some of the things that have stood out to you about today's message? We'd like to hear about it. Would you give us a call? Let us know how this message has impacted you. Our number is 609-884-5821. Once more, that number is 609-884-5821. If you're in the Cape May area, you're invited to join us at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. A Sure Hope is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Cape May, and we'd like to get to know you and worship God together this weekend. Check out AssureHopeRadio.com to find out service times. Again, that's AssureHopeRadio.com. And if you can't make it in person, we stream our services live to Facebook and YouTube. Just look for the links at AssureHopeRadio.com. That's all the time we have for today. But we hope you'll join us again on the next edition. Pastor Dave will continue on in the book of Acts, helping you understand and appreciate this great book here on Assure Hope.